The Trials of Doris van der Straten. It is the 1st of September 1943, nearly two years after the Japanese invasion of Malaya. Throughout the Second World War, the national anthem of Japan, the Kimigayo, was constantly played on the radio to remind all of the presence and power of Emperor Hirohito and of the Japanese army. Every man, woman and child learnt and sang the anthem and saluted the emperor every morning. Keeping Japanese rule firmly in place was the Kempitai, or the military police. The Kempitai were feared, and for good reason. Throughout the region they were known for their brutal methods of extracting information. Few survived a Kempitai interrogation. No, 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 get off me, get off me! Stop it! Bloody tyrant, you can't do this to me! Sailor, what have we done? Remove body, now! Quick, quick, carry her back inside. Following the Japanese surrender to the Allies in 1945, the desire for justice for the victims of Japanese atrocities, and indeed revenge against the Japanese themselves, was intense. The British military administration came under huge pressure to bring to trial those responsible for the most heinous crimes. On the 1st of July 1946, Lieutenant Shuji Murakami was marched from his cell at Pudu Prison and escorted to the Kuala Lumpur High Court to face trial. Under the authority of the commander of British forces in Malaya and presided by Lieutenant Colonel Kali of the Judge Advocate General's Department, on this day, 1st of July 1946, at Kuala Lumpur High Court, this court is brought to order. Now, Lieutenant Murakami, you are charged with committing a war crime, namely in violation of the laws and usages of war. You did ill-treat a civilian Australian national, Mrs. Doris van der Straten, whilst under Kampatai interrogation at its Kuala Lumpur headquarters on or about 30th August 1943, resulting in a death by mistreatment at your hands. How do you plead? Not guilty. Doris van der Straten was just 39 years old when she died at the hands of a Kempatai officer in Kuala Lumpur. This is her story. Seems like just yesterday I stepped off the boat and landed in Malaya. The first time was when I took the Hobson's Bay all on me Todd from London to Port Adelaide. I was 19 years old. The second time I was on a ship, I was 32 and engaged to marry Philip. Oh, my Philip. So handsome, athletic, so clever and so kind. Could not believe my luck. And he loved me. I followed him back to Malaya and we married in Kuala Lumpur. Philip was then stationed to a post up north in southern Thailand, a town called Yala. <laughs> Funny name, isn't it? Stroth. <laughs> Who would have thought them exotic names would roll off the tongue of someone like me, eh? <laughs> ah, let me do this right, my lovely. I'll carry you over the threshold. 
Oh, <laughs> put on a few pounds, haven't we, my lovely? <laughs> Suits you. <laughs> Here we are, old girl. I present to you our love nest in the town of Yella. You'll be all right being on your own, won't you? Not too many women or children in this tin mining rubber estate area. <laughs> I expect <laughs> I'll survive. <laughs> Ooh, is this all ours? Uh-huh. What, our own dining room and lounge? Mm-hmm. And our own bedroom? Another room, is that, is that the nursery? Oh, yes, my love. Let God grant us little ones of our own. I'm a lucky man to have you by my side, Mrs. Doris van der Straten. That I will be, Mr. Philip van der Straten. Always by your side. <laughs> oh, look! My own kitchen with a pantry! Hey, what are all these rooms at the back of the garden, eh? Servants' quarters, my darling. Uh, servant! You're having me on. <laughs> Who would have thought I'd have anyone at my beck and call and all? <laughs> Let's celebrate, my love. Master bedroom, back this way, and your master beckons your company. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lovely year up there. Made friends, Frank Butler-Jones, Donnelly, Edward Peters. It was a good time for me and Philip. The good times came to an abrupt end when, in December 1941, Japanese troops advanced into Malaya from the north, establishing rule throughout the country with ruthless speed and efficiency. The couple, still at the honeymoon stage, were stationed in southeast Thailand when the Japanese army rounded them up with other Europeans and took them to the nearby village of Kampung To. All were housed in Malay wooden bungalows and told to wait for instructions. The prosecution calls for Mr. Philip van der Straten, widow of Mrs. Doris van der Straten. I, Philip van der Straten, solemnly and sincerely swear in His Majesty's court to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Mr. van der Straten, the court extends its deepest sympathies and knows this will be a difficult moment for you. Do, do you feel comfortable enough to proceed? Yes. Very good. Kindly state your name and occupation, please. My name is Philip van der Straten. I am an electrical engineer by training and vocation. And prior to the war, I worked at the Pinyok Tin Mining Company. When and how did you meet Mrs. van der Straten? We met in Adelaide in 1935. I was sent there for training. And then? We fell in love. She was beautiful, vivacious, hungry for adventure, and didn't give two hoots about formality and form. She spoke her mind, never wishing to harm anyone, though you knew where you stood with her. And so you decided to marry? Yes. She followed me to Malaya on the New Holland in July 1936. I travelled down and met her at Capel Harbour in Singapore. We married at the registry office soon after. I was posted at the Pinyok Tin Mine in southern Thailand shortly after that. Mr. van der Straten, I must ask of you a difficult task. That you describe to us the Kampong To massacre 
of which you and your late wife were victims. I remember the date. It was 13th December 1941. Night had fallen. I heard the tok-tok sound of the wooden gong the Muslims used to call their flock for the final prayer of the day. So it was around 8 o'clock. The Japanese had rounded us up into the bungalows the previous day. We were tired and anxious. It was cramp, though some of us tried to get comfortable in the little space we had to get some sleep. We were exhausted. I was on watch duty along with Edward Peters. We heard the sound of heavy vehicles approaching. And was that the last time you saw your wife alive, Mr. Van der Straat? Yes. What happened to you after the attack? In the morning, I was found in a paddy field a mile away. I don't recall how or when I got there, but by all accounts, I was in a bad way. Knowing I wasn't a Muslim, I believed that the Kampung folk wanted me to live. They weren't sure how to bury me according to Christian rites. The local bomo, or witch doctor, tended to my wounds. And then what happened next? The villagers hid me from the Japanese while I healed. When I was well enough, I surrendered to the Japs and saw out the rest of the war in Prachin camp in Bangkok. Did your wife survive this bloody and violent massacre? I, I thought she had died. I was told that there were no survivors. I was told that the bodies were in too, too, too bad in a state for identification. The Japanese returned to the house the next day and burnt it down. For days, the smell of burnt flesh hung over and haunted the area. And when did you find out that your wife was alive? Just, just this year. When the war was over and I got back to Kuala Lumpur, the police called on me, told me what had happened and asked me about my Doris. I never knew. I never knew that, that she had survived the massacre. I, I wish I had. And I, oh, my poor Doris. blood. I can't find a pulse. He's not made it. Doris, Doris, we have to move fast. I'm getting out of here before they return. Doris van der Straten and Edward Peters survived for five months in the mountains and deep jungle of northern Malaya. 
Peters was a covert intelligence agent, trained in jungle survival techniques and special operations. Doris van der Straten was an Australian housewife. The indigenous jungle dwellers, the Orang Asli, took them in, fed them and helped them as best they could to cope with hunger, beriberi and malaria. After a while, however, Peter and Doris recognised that they were outstaying their welcome and left the Orang Asli dwelling. Following ancient elephant trails, they worked their way down to the jungle fringe and a camp run by a Chinese man, Chu Fong. He fed them and hid them, but a few weeks later, when he failed to return from a rice-buying trip, Doris and Edward Peters decided that they should leave and surrender to the Japanese at the little town of Tapa in Perak. The pair were then moved to Taiping Prison, which had become a prisoner of war camp. Both were emaciated and sick. Doris was the solitary female in the camp. Eventually, she was moved to Taiping Convent, where she convalesced under the care of the nuns. While Doris was there, she came to the attention of the Japanese commander, Colonel Koda. Come in. Sit, sit. I am Colonel Godard, the Japanese commander here. You are British? No, Italian. My name is Dulcima. Then why are you with a British prisoner? I, um, I... <laughs> I understand. Uh, Never mind. Stand up. Please, turn around. Let me see you. You are very beautiful. You feel good from hospital treatment. Yes? Eh? I arrange. Better you stay with nuns, not prisoners. Now you feel good, yes? Shortly after this encounter between Colonel Coder and Doris, Taiping Jail was emptied of its prisoners, including Edward Peters. Many of them had started a journey that was to end on the notorious Thai-Burma Railway. Doris, meanwhile, was left behind in Taiping under the care of the nuns. Some weeks later, Colonel Koda was transferred to command the garrison in Kuala Lumpur. Once there, he sent for Doris to come to join him, where she would live under his watchful eye. Your journey to Kuala Lumpur by car. Good, yes? <laughs> yes. Thank you, Colonel. I'm grateful. I arrange also. <laughs> you see, I arrange many things. Good for you. Your house, good. <laughs> yes? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you, Colonel. The, the flower is beautiful. You see, you be good to me, I be good to you. Beautiful girl, good girl. You make a good with Koda. He make a good for you. <laughs> you like a drink whiskey? <clears throat> you call me Koda-san. What shall I call you? Dulcima. My name is Dulcima. I'm Italian. Dulcima. Italian? <laughs> hmm. Okay. Dulcima, <laughs> I want to see you. 
Stando, please. Slowly turn around. You make good with me. I make good for you. Do chima, chima, chima. Corazón, my corazón. Tune in for the next episode of the Trials of Doris van der Straten.